0: Praise God. We're going to talk about the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Because, um, you know, sometimes you take few things for granted. And I know... <coughs> God has ordained that his uh, people gather together uh, regularly. Uh, The early church gathered every day. And they received the benefit of gathering every day. Uh, And so the more you can gather together uh, under the authority of God's word and his presence, the greater is the reward for you. For the things that God has for you to be blessed with and enjoy. And so there are so many things <laughs> that God uh, has for us. But he has to have a connection to us. A way to connect heaven with earth. So that we may receive all the blessings and benefits that his, he has ordained for us. And so the Holy Spirit or the promise of the Father... Is that connection? Every po- promise that God has given us is tied in some way into the Holy Spirit. So there is no such thing as uh, "I'm saved and I got the Holy Ghost and I don't need to pray in tongues." You got me. That that kind of nonsense is nonsense. I think <laughs> I think most people agree. That there is not too much ever of God that a person can have. There is nothing wrong uh, with giving yourself over in a greater way to the promise. And so the Holy Spirit is is really, if you look back and and we, we trace kind of the history of the promise of the Father, it was first given to Abraham. So, when Jesus was teaching the, his followers about receiving the promise of the Father, receiving the promise of the Father, you will receive the promise of the Father, in their minds, what clicked with them was a promise given to their father Abraham, who was uh, the heir of the promises of God. He and his descendants. Were heirs according to the promise of God. They were heirs according to the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So, your inheritance really depends greatly on the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Whatever it is that you need to connect you to heaven from earth is tied up in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, the promise was given to Abraham. Galatians 3 7 tells that it was given to him and his seed, S E E D. So, there would be one. <coughs> heir through Abraham, to whom the whole earth would would look to for this promise or this blessing, we know that's Jesus Christ whenever you when the Bible talks about see, let me go to Galatians so I can show it to you. I can be clear on what I'm saying too here. It's always good to preach with your Bible open, you know, and refer to the word of God because that's your guide. I don't know about these people who claim they don't need a Bible anymore. They got enough word in them. I I don't get that because... uh, you know what you have in you needs to be confirmed with what you see. And where you think God wants you to go and things. So I'm kind of old school in that way. Y'all. y'all have to bear with me now. And I believe you need to see it too. Because God will show things to you as you read the word. In Galatians 3 and uh, verse 7. He says. <clears throat> verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same, are the children of Abraham. Then the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we talked before about a faith that was delivered to the saints. That's the same faith. It's a faith that mankind inherits through putting their trust in God. Now down in verse 29 it says if you then be Christ's then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The Bible also says that the promise was given to given to his seed singular not seeds plural whenever the bible would talk about the heirs Of God they would say the promise came through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are natural heirs. Those are seeds plural because those are three seeds through which the nation of Israel was blessed. If it was just through Abraham there was no even no natural covenant. Because you know he had a son Ishmael. And so it was always through that bloodline, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the natural seed were blessed. But then when you come down through the bloodline, you see that seed cut off in Jesus Christ. So there's one heir, one final heir. And everybody is blessed through that one seed. And that is Jesus. And so when Jesus came... That was the end of the natural line of Abraham. And then you set up a spiritual line or spiritual inheritance to the heirs of promise. And so his seed uh, Abraham uh, the promise was given to Abraham and his seed singular. They were heirs according to the promise. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. There is no other Endowment of the Holy Spirit that was promised to them because the baptism in the Holy Spirit really takes care of every need that we have. It's the the clothing from on high. It's the uh, presence of God with you and the dwelling inside of you. You can't be clothed on the outside without being indwelt on the inside. So this is a promise, a package deal for regeneration of your spirit, renewing of your mind. Clothing from on high, so that you are, your priesthood is established through the, uh, through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That, that when it says uh, when, that you would be endued with power, that means clothed. And that uh, clothing always speaks of priesthood. You got me? So that's how you work out your priestly. Uh, duties here on earth is through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. everybody knows that when you're baptized in the spirit you have a lot more power there's there's a recognition in the spiritual realm of who you are because of your clothing you got me there's a recognition in, in uh, 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 the realm of heaven also because of your clothing. So God knows that he has put those clothes on you and you're available to work for him now. And so the and the enemy knows too he has to recognize your authority there because of your endowment, your clothing from on high. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit really is a... Um, uh, um, I guess you could say it's very, very similar to what Aaron and his sons went through when they would cleanse themselves in the outer court, so forth and so on, and get themselves ready for ministry. So really the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you priestly garments that equip you for ministry. And the ministry that you bring forth depends on what God's assigned you to do. Were all assigned. It's like you know, in the Old Testament, they were told what sacrifices to make, how to inspect the people uh, to make sure they were healed, how to keep people free from disease. Uh, there was a healing ministry through the priesthood under the old covenant. I don't know if people look at that very much, but the, they would tell you how to stay clean and unclean, how to stay purified, to purify yourself so that you could be connected with people again. Uh, Uh, When to separate yourself because you were ceremonially unclean and and would contaminate individuals, there's a lot of wisdom as far as combating disease in those old Levitical laws. If you look at them, they'll they'll tell you if you had some kind of uh, bodily discharge. That you take the clothing and take them outside of the camp and wash them and not let other people touch them. That kind of stuff. And you were unclean and stayed outside for a certain number of days. Well then people who study disease years later, centuries later, would find that, that those were incubation periods for disease. And after during that incubation period you're highly contagious. After that period is over you're less contagious. So in, And then God would honor that and bring people back into fellowship again. So these things are extremely important to understand that the priesthood carried with itself authority, power over disease. You had power to examine people to see if what type of disease they had. You had instructions for how those people were to be treated if it was leprosy. They stayed uh, away from people. They knew how to recognize it in early stages, late stages, uh, how to pronounce people clean. That's why Jesus when he prayed for the lepers he said go show yourselves to the priest I don't don't look at you he didn't say show yourself to you you've been looking at yourself sick for years aren't you tired of it but if you believe you're healed go show yourself to the priest and make the offering that Moses commanded to fulfill the law and so he he, and, and then they said they were healed as they went so faith is before the law You got me? Before they even get to the priest to show the offering. Usually that offering kind of capped it off. When you gave that offering that's how you got into the priest's presence. And then the priest examined you. And so this happened before the priest even got a chance to see them. As they were went as they healed. So faith supersedes all things. But anyway, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. John the Baptist preached that in Matthew 3, I think it is. Yes, in verse 11 he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is mightier than water baptism. You got me? Water baptism is merely a symbol of an inward working and inward conviction. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus does that. After you're accepted in repentance, he then clothes you. With the promise of the Father. He says whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the fire. It says full Holy Ghost and fire here. But uh, most translations say fire of the Holy Ghost. And if you look at that, that's exactly what happened. There was fire of the Holy Ghost that came and baptized the people. So he says it's the fire of the Holy Ghost that you're going to be baptized with. So you get water, but fire is purifying. You got me? Water is symbolic in the washing, the outer washing. But there's an inner purification that comes with the fire. Amen? And he says... He'll burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. So everything. You know I love people sing take out everything that's not of you Lord. Oh yeah that's going to happen now. But it don't happen like that. It happens in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the inner working of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. And so as we walk with God this purification process takes place. You don't walk with God you don't get purified. But if you walk with God, you'll be purified and God will begin to clothe you and empower you and the inside works with the outside. I'll put it to you that way. You got me? Uh, When you walk with God, there is a companionship and a fellowship that happens where God does not compromise. He's not, you know, just letting you walk any kind of way. You walk with Him. And as you walk with Him, that inner burning, purification takes place. It is a. And the disciples, remember the two that met Him on the road to Emmaus? They said, didn't our hearts burn within us? When it, well, See, that happened all the time they were around him. Every time he spoke, that word burn, <laughs> our hearts burn within us. You know, it's not noticeable to us a lot, but there is perceptible uh, um, action of the Holy Ghost in an individual. You know, you can perceive there is a quickening. There is a a peace, a life giving. All of those things they are perceptible to us. I think the fire of the Holy Spirit uh, burns in us at all times. Keeping us pure. Keeping the altar of our hearts pure so that we can readily accept the word of God. We don't fight God anymore. We're not running from him. And so the Holy Spirit knows how to keep the fire stoked so to speak. So that we can easily receive the word of God. You know, it, it shouldn't be that every time God speaks a word to you, you gotta set it on the shelf and think about it. Huh? The Bible talks about the wisdom that's from above. It's easy to be entreated. So once you are are baptized with the Holy Ghost, then words of, of God that come to you come in easily because there's always a, a nice fire on the altar that is able to burn away doubt, resistance, fear, all of those things that we might have put up in the past to resist the word of God. I mean, think if God had to save you all over again every time he wanted to talk to you. That's really what it would amount to without the Holy Spirit. Because he keeps that, our hearts in a receptive condition to the word of God. And receptive to the wisdom of God. Many times when people... I found this people that fall away from the the things of God, and fall away from the faith. Do it because there's some basic resistance, something basic to the gospel that they can't receive, you know. And then eventually that resistance gets bigger and bigger and bigger and they fall away. It's never on anything real complicated or deep. You know, I mean, if we don't agree on the Book of Revelations, we still love each other. You know what I'm saying? Or we have a scripture that you know that that it's hard to understand, and we still love each other. So, but there there are people who fall away because there's something foundational and basic that they have a problem with, and they never submit to it. They never let themselves receive it. You'll see sometimes people that don't believe in in uh, uh, marriage. Recognition reconciliation and fighting for a marriage once you're a Christian that kind of stuff there's a lot of people that don't receive and that is so basic it's like a forgiveness thing that that if you knew how to apply forgiveness unilaterally to, to every situation you would have very little resistance to anything God wants you to do you Have very little resistance to talking to people get along with people and, and seeing people all that kind of stuff very little resistance but if you find people still want to hold on To that, you know. Well, you don't understand. Uh, You, my husband was this, and he was that, and they want to hang on to that. Eventually, they fall away, because there that separates them from the love of God. It's not supposed to, and it's not powerful enough to. But it's a basic Christian. Uh, tenet that they refuse to incorporate into their belief system and so they're constantly fighting God and fighting his people uh, on minor issues and oftentimes it it's the forgiveness thing that gets pretty much everybody you know they they want to hold a grudge they want to feel there's an exception they want to feel that they can hold on to something It's something negative but they still want to hold on to it but but I'm my my my. My belief is that the fire of the Holy Spirit creates an altar, a pure altar for them to pass their thoughts across. And those thoughts can be purified if they quit resisting the process. See the process is the Holy Spirit's work in the individual to purify the altar of their heart. This is why some people can believe God and have miracle ministry. And other people can barely get themselves healed. Because a person with the miracle ministry has an altar that is able to have free access to any thought that they have that's contrary to God's word. Any information they get. Any desires that they have that are contrary to what God has for them. They have a, a, There's a pure altar there where they don't hinder any word of God from coming in and taking residence on the inside of them. And so that's what we all want to co- cultivate. You don't want to sit there and argue with every jot and tittle of the word of god and and you know not be able to build your faith you want to have your faith built in relationship with the holy spirit established so that you're an easy Recipient. You're an easy receiver of everything that God has for you. And so this is what he's, that's the promise of the father. The promise of the father is that everything that you need from God you can get based on your faith. Your faith has no limits whatsoever. And the promise of Abraham is yours. Remember him. He believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. You don't see Abraham arguing with God. You see him humbly uh, petitioning God. And entreating God. God would you save the city if you found this many righteous. That many righteous. He's humbly entreating God. Trying to receive the word. And so as long as we're humbly entreating God. Attempting to receive the word. We'll get help from the Holy Spirit. When you start questioning... And thinking and overthinking everything that you hear that's preached of the word, you know, you don't have to overthink anything. You just let the Holy Spirit tell you what's for you and what's not. He'll pass it across the altar of your heart. If that altar's pure, he'll have a deposit of what you need right inside of that, and and you'll be able to receive and and build your faith and live a, a glorious life in God. But if you're trying to decide on your own, you got your pet peeves and certain people you don't think she'd be doing what they're doing for God and all this kind of nonsense we hold on to sometimes you know the Holy Spirit can't do a great work in us sometimes because of what we want to hold on to and that we want to pet and we want to keep close to us so always let that altar let him take care of the altar of your heart let him be in control of it and that's the promise of the father the promise of the father is that we have someone we have god with us we have the friendship of god we have we're complete in him all of these things come because the promise has been delivered to us the Holy Spirit completes the work needed to give us our inheritance so the baptism in the Holy Spirit completes the work in us that's needed to give us our inheritance it is an inner working and it's an outer working and it is the Holy Spirit of promise because our final place or habitation has not been achieved yet As long as we're here on earth, our final habitation has not been achieved yet. So we have a home in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is the one that connects us with heaven. He is the agent that connects heaven with earth. So he he has to be there to make heaven real to us. The reason we can believe God... For a heavenly home is because of what the Holy Spirit reveals to us about heaven. He makes heaven a friendly place. We're not scared of it. We're not, And he makes heaven uh, real to us according to the truth about heaven. You got me? Everybody doesn't go. And he lets us know that. Hmm? He lets us know that. Whenever, listen, whenever you hear people that are known sinners and you hear them saying, oh, he's up in with the angels now, you think, hmm, that's the Holy Spirit, y'all. That's not just you being negative about people, but that's the Holy Spirit. Because how do we know who are his? By our fruit. Come on, folks. You know, don't let that kind of stuff be said and you just don't have any reaction to it you know you don't think that's you and they're trying to just be negative you know people by their fruits people live for the devil all their life and they never give a witness for christ uh hello they don't get in you know sometimes you have to be clear about those things because christians get wimpy and (laughs) <laughs> we get passive just like people in the world do. Like God's letting everybody in heaven no matter how they live, you know. I know there are deathbed conversions, but you don't know that. You know people by their fruit. So you don't want to you don't want to get to the point where you're thinking that there's no penalty for sin. There's no eternal damnation for sin. You know, you you need to understand that. I don't care what these preachers tell you. And we don't preach hellfire and brimstone. I don't know why not. It's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible you need to preach it. You need to tell people hell is real just like they know heaven is real. That's the truth. It's amazing. Every, every ten years or so the statistics go up. Of the people who claim to be Christians but don't believe there's a literal hell. And it's up to something. It's over 50% now. So there's more than half of us walking around purporting to be going to heaven. But don't believe there's really a hell. Well if you're not convicted that there's a wrong place to go. Why would you choose even to go the right place yourself? If you don't think there's a wrong place to go to. Hmm. See, the Holy Spirit, if we let him do his job, he will assure us of things to come. Both good and bad. Not just things that come to you personally. It's not about your little world only. But it's about things of the future. Both good and both bad. It's appointed to every man to die one time. You can get reincarnated. You don't come back again as an ant and try it again, as a worm and try it again, as a this and try it again, as a that and try it again. You get to die one time and after that you're judged. Nobody escapes the judgment. If you're born again, you don't have anything to fear. If you're right standing with God, you have nothing to fear. But people who don't have that. See we're to be talking to them about things like this. Back in the day when the Whitfields preached and all those people preached. They told people hell was real. And they let them know that there was a real penalty for their sin. Other than that this is just a fable and a fairy tale. And you won't get many people to commit to Christ. Why would you live this type of a life if there weren't some negative sanction for not living it? Well, one person believes it. I don't care if y'all believe it or not. You need to go back and read your Bible again. You understand what I'm saying? Because this is what we hear all day long on Christian television. Well, there's greatness in you. And you can do this. And you can do that. And you can do the other. And there's no preaching of the gospel. It's a shame they get to bring the old Billy Graham tapes out. For people to really understand the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? He tells people, "You don't know tomorrow's not promised you this may be your last opportunity to receive Christ, and it's it is for some people. you got me yeah, we can't we can't overlook folks this this sweet by and by down here on the earth where you just use your faith and you can be rich and you can have this and you can you're a great person, all that. let's come on now. people don't believe it anyway. They go home and look at their surroundings. You've got four kids out of wedlock and, and a welfare check. And they, you really think they believe what you just told them about being great on the inside? This is nonsense. We're just, just beating the air with that kind of talk. The Holy Spirit assures us of things to come, both good and bad. We don't want to, you know, as believers, you don't, you're tough enough to hear bad news as well as good news. We act like that's all we ever want to hear. is how wonderful we are and how much God is going to bless us. There are warnings that come from the Holy Spirit. There's bad devils out here. After God's people and after people on the earth too. So the Holy Spirit communicates to us the things of heaven. He makes heaven real to us. See we don't need somebody to go to heaven and tell us it's real. Before people had those experiences we could still believe for heaven. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that makes that thing real to us. Jesus talked about him bringing life to us. He's the spirit of life. John 6.63 tells us living water... Will come out of us based on what he does, based on his indwelling. What did I say? John 6, 63. He says, It's the spirit that quickens or gives life. The flesh profits nothing. He says, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit that gives us life. It gives us eternal life. It will rekindle or revive the life of God sometimes that would lay dormant on the inside of us. You know when you are overcome with symptoms and you are on a bed of affliction. You need the quickening life of the Holy Spirit. That's why people come up to the altar because we get a, a quick uh, charge to our battery. You know, you just get a shoom zap in there. That's the life of God you're looking for. You know when it's 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 diminished. You know when your batteries run low. And so you'll come up to the altar and get the impartation and then you're recharged with the life of the Holy Spirit. That life goes into you and drives out symptoms. It drives sickness out. It drives pain out. It drives worry out. It drives fear out. It brings life, the life of God back into you when you're low on life. That's why it's good to be in the house of God on a regular basis. In this atmosphere there's life. When the disciples followed Jesus they said you have what? The words of life. They, they felt charged up, stirred up, full of life. As long as they were listening to his words. When they talked about him they said his word was with power. And it wasn't like that of the scribes who just sat there and read. Huh? You want a word that's with power. Amen. And so in that power was confirmed. It was demonstrated power. God promises also that we are sons. We're not orphans anymore. And the Holy Spirit makes that real. He makes The Holy Spirit really unites the family of God. Unites the Father and the Son who are in heaven. And the the people of God, the heirs down here on earth, the sons and daughters of God, the Holy Spirit draws that whole family together. He's like the mother, really, of the, the family of God. Pulls everybody together, joins everybody together. Huh? Mothers always know. When they're upset, when nobody gets along in the house, the kids aren't speaking to each other, and you keep at it until you get everybody back to together again. Even if you got to shoot somebody in the leg, you know, go say hi to your brother. If you don't do it, I'll shoot you in the other leg. You know. There was a. Uh, 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 situation when I was just out of nursing school we had two gunshot wounds uh they really weren't in intensive care. They you know, minor gunshot wounds. And nobody would tell. It was a police matter because if somebody came in a gun with a gunshot, you had to report that to the police. And they had to immediately investigate while they were really getting treatment sometimes. And nobody would tell how they got shot. Until one of the sons was heard talking on the telephone to mom. Ma, you shouldn't have shot me. I told y'all. Well, I told you boys, if y'all didn't quit that arguing, I was gonna shoot you both in the foot. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? So that's how moms feel about family unity. She'll, well, Jesus said, if your eye offends you, (laughs) huh? (laughs) Mom wanted to keep the family together in peace and harmony so praise the lord <laughs> but anyway but uh, yeah the holy spirit really is the the mothering spirit it, it, you know mothering really is a spirit it it's something that <clears throat> is is encapsulated generally in a female of the species except that sometimes you'll see exceptions even in nature uh, where uh, there'll be something that where you know God's hand is in it to make a distinction that this isn't something just uniquely in though for the most part it is but uh, um, the penguin and there's some other species where the father the mother will lay the egg but the father has to keep it warm he tends the egg the whole time until it's born in fact um, I had a real good friend I just reconnected with her I saw her on Facebook she used to do a teaching she studied uh, penguin habitats and stuff like that because she was so interested she always liked talking about God's steadfast love and that was one of her examples is the father penguin and how it was Stands that harsh cold climate and will keep that egg warm until that, that uh, baby penguin is hatched, and how the Father God stands guard over us, protecting us from all harm just, just because He values our lives to such a great degree. And so uh, it, it is that way, but pretty much the mothering uh, spirit is is common to the female of the human human species. And so, uh, the Holy Spirit, being more the feminine of God, you'll see the Holy Spirit hovering, brooding, uh, so forth, waiting for the conception of the Word to bring forth. And so, these things are all uh, examples, uh, spiritual examples. Of of things that God has given to us in the natural uh, that we live by. These are natural spiritual principles. So <clears throat> God promised that we would not be orphans. Then Jesus tells us that he said I will not leave you comfortless. And that comfort means without the support of a family. That, that phrase alludes to being left without the support of a family. That's how often times when people get involved in a church, they will get a a strong attachment to The routine there, a strong attachment often to the people there, uh, a strong attachment to the work of the ministry, hopefully a strong attachment to God. That should come first. But you know, God will draw people any way that he sees fit. But God promised that we would not be orphans and the promise of the Father ensures that. See, with every promise that God gave us, the Holy Spirit of promise carries that out. He makes it real to us. Whether you're experiencing it in your life, in the natural realm or not, it's a reality to you as far as the Spirit is concerned. It's like when you you can say you're healed and still have pain in your body, but you accept your healing. You don't run off and say, I'm not healed. You know, we used to do that when we were children in the Lord. You know, somebody will say, "Well, well, you're healed," but, 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 <laughs> we don't butt, butt, butt anymore. Uh, We know better because what you're doing is you're resisting the word of healing from settling in in your heart so that you can walk it out in the natural. See, the Holy Spirit makes it real. The promise of the Father makes the promise real to you before it's walked out. Why? Because it's inside of you now. The Holy Spirit gives you reassurance that that thing is yours. Not that thing is yours coming, but that thing is yours now. Faith makes you know it's for you now. It's there for you now. You can enjoy it now. He also communicates. And this is the other thing about, about the, the spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit communicates to us a sense of acceptance and a sense of inclusion. That we belong to someone. There's there's not this feeling of estrangement unless you really fight God. You get around believers and you get around people who are not religion. I'm not talking about the hey, 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 happy how you doing brother and sister and you know all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about the real spirit of God having free flow in an atmosphere. You get in that atmosphere, and you get a sense of inclusion and acceptance and it 's hard to fight now you may feel different than ever you don 't have all the buzzwords and you don 't haven 't known people for years and years all that kind of stuff, but why do you keep coming back it 's because you you've you 've experienced. The, the, uh, the promise of the Father that you have a family. These people belong to you and you belong to God and you all belong to God. You're brothers and sisters. You are one. You're on an equal footing. You're on an equal par. Uh, there's no big people and little people. You're included in everything. That kind of thing. Um, there's no, uh, admission fee. That needs to be paid any further. See, that's the promise. Everything's paid for. Everything's free to you. You just receive it by faith. You go in. You're accepted. Don't keep that wall up that makes you feel different. Tear that wall down because it's been broken. That wall of petition's been broken and everybody's let in. And so when people still abide in that, I think people disconnect rather than keep fighting God all the time. Because when you have an atmosphere of acceptance and you have an atmosphere of belonging, it's hard to stay an orphan. It's hard to stay stuck in uh, what you didn't have when you were growing up. You got me? It's hard to live like that person anymore because there's such an overwhelming sense with the Holy Spirit. There's a flood of life, new life acceptable life that comes through the Holy Spirit. You can't stay aloof and, and uh on the outside. You you've got to feel included, you know, you or you have to disconnect and run. You know, and there's some people out there like that. they run from church to church the minute that thing the Holy Spirit starts to break that thing down, and they start to feel that that they could be accepted here, they get nervous and they run off someplace else. The minute that wall is challenged, they have to disconnect and run and go someplace else because they feel um, that acceptance then. If, if you accept the Holy Spirit of promise, then you must accept the faith for the life that God has for you. You got me? Once you quit resisting the Holy Spirit of promise, then you must receive the faith for the things that God has for us. One of the things that people who, who still abide with that orphan spirit on them, they like that. Orphan thing. That orphan spirit becomes an excuse for not using your faith. For the things God. You see. Well I I didn't have this growing up. And I didn't have that growing up. And well I'm not sure God loves me. And you know you want to set yourself apart. Because you're not using your faith. And that's your excuse for not using it. Is that I can't use my faith because I don't really feel like I belong. And I don't really feel like God loves me. And you see you don't know how I was brought up. I never had this and I never had that. And so that orphan thing, that begging, please don't make me be like everybody else and use my faith. Please let me use this as an excuse to keep begging and keep living at a low level. Please let me stay here. And see the Holy Spirit then begins to move on that person's heart and he strips away those excuses. He begins to tear away the middle partition that kept your flesh intact. It's now broken and rent and the Holy Spirit's going in there and getting you and getting you and getting you. For your benefit. But see you think you're being exposed and made fun of because you keep trying to cover that thing back up again. And you've been at it so long you just figure if I can hold out a little bit longer I won't ever have to change. I won't ever have to use my faith. I can continue to be an orphan. I can continue to limp around and not have what I know I need from God. And I'll never have to admit I've been wrong all this time. That I really could have been living by faith all this time. I'll tell you, if you, if you could really humble yourself and let go of that. Boy, the reward that would come to you. Uh, and now I can think of two examples right off the top of my head. Of people that were wrong about God for many years. Saved in a church. And they finally, the blinders came off. They had that opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit of promise. And God more than made up for the time that they stayed in darkness all that time. Uh, Fred Price is one. Kenneth Hagen's another one. Both of them came out of, uh, (laughs) you know, Baptist churches. They get the left foot of fellowship when they start praying in tongues. The whole story. I would say God more than made up. Once they humbled themselves and realized, you know what? I've been thinking wrong all these years, and received the promise, received the Holy Spirit of promise in everything. The whole God moved into their lives with a whole package of stuff that He had laid up for them. Their inheritance came. And it's still coming with, with Brother Price. He's still alive. He's still with us. I think Fred Price is what 80 something? 82. Maybe early 80s years old. His ministry still flourishing. He still goes around and speaks in, in everything. He's raised up a son. He realized that the enemy had lied to them all. He, God took your son. He said he had, His oldest child was a boy. It died in a traffic accident. And uh, was crossing the street. Got hit by a car. And the church people told him God took him away. And he just accepted that. Then when he started reading his Bible. And got under the word of faith teaching. He realized what the devil stole him. He and Betty had that boy when they were in their late 40s. I mean late 40s. Because Fred Jr. is only like 30, early 30s now. And uh, they told him that he would have Down syndrome and all. (laughs) It's too late now. Devil is way too late for that. You understand me? (laughs) We already, he's complete and perfect as far as we know because our faith has made him that way. You understand what I'm saying? They get the full full benefit. So they start receiving their inheritance. All these souls they win to God, churches they build and still influence, and more ministers with with churches and so forth. That full inheritance and more. Because they dropped the orphan thing. They quit being misfits, outcasts, orphans. They don't like me. You know, they're, 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 there's no love there. I heard somebody say that and they've been in this church since they were a small kid and told me there's no love here. I said, why'd you stay here all these years? You understand what I'm saying? And see, the devil would twist your mind. You never let go of that on the outside, they're on the inside. See the devil constantly feeds people. If he can get you to drop that orphan thing and you step into your full inheritance, there's nothing he can do with you after that. Once you get the first prayer answered from God... And you know your faith brought it in and you understand faith that your faith will work over and over again. If he, if he can keep you from getting your first miracle, your first big thing that you expect from God. If he can keep you from getting that and he has a good chance of keeping you isolated and feeling uncomfortable around the saints, feeling different, feeling like you don't fit in. And I know there are spirits that hover over people, and, but you, you have authority over that. You don't have to receive that. There's so much word that's preached that you can receive. My goodness, well, how do you let that stuff stay around? It gets to be an excuse for sloppy living. Ungodly living. Allowing ungodly counsel to hang around in your brain. Listening to the devil's words and just accepting them. Eventually it eats away and erodes the little bit of word you're trying to hold on to. Then when you really want something out of life you have nothing to draw from. Please. You're bankrupt. Why? Because you don't even believe you're a son or a daughter of God. You don't believe you have an inheritance. Because people don't walk away from an inheritance. I'm going to say it again. People don't walk away from an inheritance. See if you know that you're an heir and you're not begging God. and You're not looking at what other people have and wondering how they get it and you don't. See heirs don't do stuff like that. Orphans do that. And we're not orphans anymore and that's what the promise is all about. The promise reassures us of our inheritance because he reassures us of sonship. Because he gives us the spirit of adoption where we can call God Father and we know what that word means. It's not just a title and something we hang on him to make it sound like we know him. But the spirit of adoption is a spirit a spirit of promise that lets you know that you are an heir. You, Jesus. And you have every right to expect that God will take care of you. You have every right to expect that. If you are an heir you have every right to expect that God will take care of you. So he communicates to us a sense of inclusion and acceptance. The Holy Spirit does that constantly. Constantly drawing people to you. Constantly uh, making the the connection good. Constantly giving you a point of of, uh, um, uh, fellowship with another believer. Where you have something in common you can talk about in a peaceable fashion. You're not sparring and arguing all the time. That's religion. Religion wants to grab a word and pick it apart and have something to refute you with. But fellowship, sonship... The drawing of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, gives us that connection of kinship where we have something in common with that individual uh, just like a family member would have. And so he gives us that sense of inclusion and acceptance. And he gives us a sense of completeness because we are complete in him. Amen. We are complete. We have connection to heaven. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all working together in us and on our behalf. He is the spirit of peace. He gives us a sense that nothing is missing from our lives. If you let the Holy Spirit work. You know what we do. Let me tell you what we do. We nurse these stupid ideas that come to us. We nurse them. We nurse these idiotic uh, uh, things that come to us from the world. So that we can accept human weakness instead of understanding the overcoming power of God. Uh, there's an overcoming of that which we think is our, our, our lot in life. Or that which we think is normal, necessary. That has to be overcome. Because in order for you to have what God has for you, you cannot... Why would you get saved? If you're going to stay in a human level. If you're going to stay on a level of just expecting what your hands can do. And your brain can figure out. I mean, why have Christ... And so, once we understand that that's not for us anymore, and that we're willing now to resist that and overcome, then we, when we, when we step out into the things of God, there's no fear there of failure. There's no fear of falling apart. There's no fear that anything's at risk. There's nothing but peace. That we're intact, nothing's missing, nothing's broken. We're not. We're not just merely, uh, 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 you know, a bereaved people, you know, and all of this, and you know, got to join a support group, you know. I mean, they're okay in their place. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you if your mind is so fragmented that 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 you can't put it together, just. With the word and coming to church, you feel like you need somebody one on one to talk these things over. And if that helps you, go for it. You understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit, though, has to work with you. I don't care what system you use or whatever—twelve steps, seven steps, three steps, one step—I don't, don't care how many steps you're involved in. He's got—it's got to be based on the truth of God's word, and He's got to work with you in that to give you that sense of peace nothing is missing and nothing is broken and you got to know when to jump out of that if you know if you have to go to a meeting and confess that you're an alcoholic every time you get together once you understand that you've overcome that spirit then you need to leave and just go get at a church where your confessional measure up to what heaven says about you now you can receive your inheritance you understand me You know, I don't have anything against anything that helps people. But I am telling you that the Holy Spirit has what you need as a believer. You don't need all of these crutches and these support groups and this and that. In a support group, it depends on who shows up at the meeting that time. What kind of help you're going to get. In a church, God shows up every time. He never disappoints you he never has an off night he never has a time when, when he doesn't have a word that's going to help somebody there You know, maybe it's not helping you, maybe you're not receiving I don't know what it is but you need to understand that God knows how to read the thoughts and intents of the hearts of everybody there and give you what you need so you have a sense, a great sense of peace because of the promise of the Father when he, oh, when the Spirit of Truth came to those people, they were just were never the same, never the same. When Jesus ascended, you see them waiting in anticipation, you know, just looking, watching, waiting. See, that's a good place to be. Expectancy, always expectancy in God always brings forth fruit. Always, you set your affection on something specific in God, and He'll bring it forth for you. I don't care what it is. You just need to quit talking yourself out of expecting it. Right? Huh? That's what we do. You expect it for a little while. Oh well. Huh? Little well, self pity show. A little orphan spirit come back again. So He is a spirit of peace. We have a sense nothing is wrong with us. See, that's a great feeling. The reason that I don't have this is because nothing is wrong with me. See we always looking for something. Always oh, looking for a reason. You're supposed to cast that down. Yeah, the reason the reason the reason we got empty seats here is that nothing's wrong with us. See, nothing's wrong with us. We're not doing anything wrong. We're believing God every day. We're believing God. We go out witness. We do the best we can. But it's up to God to give the increase. You understand? We it's up to us to hold on to faith. Amen. You do your part. God does His part. Amen. With Jesus and the Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit must connect heaven to earth. He must connect these two realms together. And so the Holy Spirit is here to connect us to our real home. He makes it more real to us as we need the reality to come to us. He hovers over the Word to perform it, to give it life. To energize it and to manifest it. To cause it to come into the natural realm. He does that. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to keep us pure. As the, the mediator between heaven and earth. And between the heirs of the promise. The heirs that come through him. He is the agent of promise. He has to mediate between us and God and heaven. He has to connect us with the altar in heaven, and so he has to keep us pure so that we can always connect with the holy God, just like the uh, in the courtship in the Hebrew in Hebrew um, culture. The young lady and young young man who were betrothed to us, they'd take like Mary and Joseph. They were uh, betrothed and were working out the courtship process when she was found to be with child. Well, there was always a mediator between the two of them who who would go back and forth between both families. To make sure a date was set. Make sure the dowry was complete. Make sure that all things were prepared for the uh, consummation or the wedding feast. They were married by vow. They were already committed to one another. But this courtship was to prove that they were committed to one another. And they took it seriously. If you found that your heart was not knit to that person, it came out during the betrothal or courtship period. And so if there was something that the young man felt was amiss, he would let the intercessor or the mediator know what was going on. And the mediator would try to resolve it in one way or the other. So It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're committed to God. We've made a vow to Christ to follow him. Well, you stop following him and guess who comes to talk to you about it? Hello? I'm going to say it again. You know, people don't, you don't understand sometimes what you have and what we're fighting at times. We think we're fighting people. And we're fighting the power of God to keep us drawn into him and keep us drawn into the things of God. Amen. Yes, yes. And you all have experienced it. There have been people that got stupid in God and I'm not coming back anymore. People ain't real. And you try to talk to them and what happens? But that word follows them. The Holy Spirit. That's why I tell you don't get yourself entangled with people's crazy thoughts. You start trying to reason out and figure out and how to talk to people. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. He goes and pursues people. He, They are betrothed to God not us. And he promised to never leave them or forsake them. The minute they measure up to what God thinks they need to measure up to so they can be blessed again. He'll go forth and bless them there are many people live on a low level of blessing because they don't respond correctly to the Holy Spirit they just don't do it they try to stay under the radar so as not to be detected hmm? huh? you know if, if, your Bible says put your gift back in your pocket if you got something against your brother you got to get that right with God's people. You just can't go around <laughs> being offended everywhere and <laughs> blaming other people and God not talk to you about that. Are you kidding me? He talks to me about stuff like that and I need no respecter of persons. I learned how to keep short accounts though. I'm not stupid. I don't get carried away with. You know I expect people to do something crazy. I do crazy stuff myself. You understand what I'm saying? I forgive you. You forgive me. Huh? I mean it's, it's just that way. It's not a big deal. This is elementary Christianity folks. Baptist people are taught this. Whoever sends you forgive they are forgiven. Whoever sends you retain; they are retained. People always get tripped up on the elementary foundational stuff. It's never the deep stuff that trips people up. It's the small little foxes spoil the vine every time. And it really becomes a smoke screen for your own problems. You know people don't want to confess what's in their hearts so they try to read other people's. You never get to God that way. Holy Spirit's not pleased with that. And so he's the one who keeps us pure to keep us close to heaven. He keeps us pure. He's constantly the fire. The Holy Spirit of fire burns away all impurities that hover over our hearts. And trust me, the enemies constantly. You know, there have been times when you, some people say things that used to offend you. And you start thinking about it too hard. Trying to get it to work like it used to work. So you'd be mad at somebody. You understand what I'm saying? It's stupid stuff. That kind of stupid stuff. And then some people have never really learned how to forgive. But they get around Christians and play the game. But one day they get exposed. The game's over. God wants it real now. And I don't know how long it takes for that to happen. For some people it's years. It's decades for some people. But it will catch up with you if it's not dealt with. Because he wants to present a pure bride without spot, wrinkle or any such thing. That's the Holy Spirit's job. To present to Christ a pure bride without spot or wrinkle. And so he keeps you pressing your little dress. He keeps you Clorox in your little veil. You know whatever you need to do to stay pure and holy for God. But he will do that. He shows us and confirms to us that righteousness is our true estate. That's where you belong. That's where he wants you to reside. That's where he wants you. And, and keep believing God. Keep believing him for things that hurt you to believe him. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, bear your cross. Because there are some things we would love to hold on to to keep us crippled and stupid. But God is constantly shaking those things off of us. You're not that person anymore. You don't live there anymore. You don't feed off the bottom anymore. I've set a table for you. Get up and wash your hands and come to the table and eat. And Stop eating down there where the puppy is. You got me? Living off leftovers. He wants you seated in heavenly places. Put your robe on so you can rule and reign with him. So he can shows up and confirms to us that righteousness is our calling and our estate. It's where you're supposed to live. You live in a state of righteousness at all times. And that's not an assumed state. It's one that he bears witness to. It's a confirmed thing. It's not one of these fake faith situations. Where if you say it enough you believe it. I won't even go there. So God gave. A promise to Abraham. We said that to, And we are heirs according to the promise. Amen. The promise. We did Matthew 3.11. Right. Okay. The Holy Spirit of fire. Amen. He will baptize you with fire. In John 16. Jesus begins to tell the disciples more about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> John sixteen and verse, I think it's verse thirteen. He makes us one family with God. All believers that receive. That's why we all receive of one spirit. That one spirit never changes. There are not several families of God. There are not some big faith families and little faith families and important families and non-important families. We are all one family in God. In John 16 and verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. So he was not come to them yet. He will guide you into all truth. This is why it's hard for backsliders to stay backslid. The Holy Spirit. You know really what, what God showed me was that. People living in darkness or or hiding from God trying to dwell in darkness and the Holy Spirit just grabs them by the hand and pulls them and leads them right out of that darkness. He's always and see people will try to resist that and yank on that hand and, and get it to let go but he goes and grabs them again. There will come opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move in and continue to lead people out of darkness into light. Out of lies into truth whether they want to know or not or whether they want to go or not. Many times people will understand their mistake and understand what they did wrong and understand what the right answer is and not move on it. Because the Holy Spirit's done His job. He's revealed truth. He's led them into that truth, and that truth is revealed to them. You know, some people say things like, "You'll tell them, well, you know, God wants you." I know, I know, I know. They know everything. The Holy can't help but know. The Holy Spirit's there, revealing truth to them, but they won't. They won't step out on it. Pride. Don't want to be wrong. Don't want to humble themselves. So uh, he says he will lead us and guide you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. And truth about everything. There is not one thing that you won't understand. God's will, God's truth, all of that stuff. Anything. There's nothing too hard for him to give you re- revelation on. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So then he's your connection between heaven and earth. See, he brings you the message of heaven down here where you can, can appreciate it, where you can operate in it, where you can use it to your benefit. And he will show you things to come. huh? It didn't say just heaven and good things and angels and pretty things. But he shall show you all things to come. He shall glorify me. Because he'll receive of mine and, and show it unto you. So he'll receive everything that, that Jesus has for us. He relays to us through the working of the Holy Spirit. He says, All things that the Father has are mine. So that's how you get a sense of wealth. You get a sense of prospering. You get a sense of no lack. You have a sense of contentment. You don't have any fear if you'll let go of it. You know, some people like their fears or they don't want to own up to that's what it is. You understand what I'm saying? It's fear. You know, anything that keeps you from going forward and stepping out is fear. And so we have to realize that Jesus has given the Holy Spirit authority to break us out of that. And break us into a confidence and assurance and a truth. So we, because of the working of the Holy Spirit though. Because he, he will show you all things that the Father has. He says all things that the Father has are mine. And we are joint heirs with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit makes that real to us. It's through the life of the Holy Spirit in you that you get a sense of who you really are and your true inheritance. So so feeling that you can't do certain things becomes a foreign feeling to you. All you got to do is find a place in God where you know that's possible. And so you're just looking for a place of possibility in God. You're not looking on the earth for who can help you. You're looking for a place of possibility in God. And so once you know where the inheritance is stored, that becomes your focus more than what's around you. What's around you is totally temporary as far as you can see. You don't get worried about stuff because you know it will come to pass. This won't be like this forever y'all. You understand what I'm saying? It ain't going to be like this forever. Because it's all subject to change based on what word I believe God has for me. And what my inheritance is in him. See it's all subject to change. And so we believe God for the change that he wants to bring according to our inheritance in him all things that the Father has are mine therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it to you so Jesus said he'll show you everything he'll show you that you're rich in him he'll show you that all things are possible in him he'll show you that you are bigger than who you used to be with the limitations and the limited mindset and the fears and the this and the that he'll show you that he's bigger than all of that stuff you used to be that held you back start living in the who you are now not what you used to be that person's reckoned dead you need to reckon your past dead you need to reckon your old sins dead you need to reckon your old acts dead and walk in newness that's how you walk in newness you just say that nah, that's dead i don't do that no more it won't bother me anymore i don't even think like that anymore I don't care if you're thinking like that. You tell yourself you don't think like that anymore. Because your new creation man doesn't. He has the mind of Christ. He thinks like God thinks. God thinks all things are possible. This earth is no problem to him. The Holy Spirit ties us to heaven. We said that. Ephesians 1. Let me look at that. How are we doing time wise Ms. Wanda? Okay, Ephesians 1. Starting in verse 10. Now the Holy Spirit the fact that he ties us to heaven when Jesus left he needed someone to connect us to him in the sense of betrothal in the sense of communication in the sense of keeping the relationship strong because we're separated just like two people would be in a courtship we're separated by many things. Uh, time, distance, different realms that we live in. So he gives us the Holy Spirit, a promise who holds all the promises of God on the inside of him. That's why when you have the Holy Ghost, you have this sense of, of a shalom. You know, uh, there's nothing lacking. Uh, you're whole. You have been made whole. When you have the Holy Spirit, that's why people that live in in, uh, poor countries can be very joyful. They can walk for three days to get to a meeting. Full of joy, no complaining, no, uh, you know, my bed wasn't soft enough. Or my room's not, I want a better room. You know, when you're coming to a, a meeting of God's people. Everybody wants a nice room, a better room. They ain't willing to pay that much. You know what I'm saying. But they want want the best that no money can offer. Why? That's a perverted sense of completeness. See you're lacking something on the inside. But you're trying to perpetrate like a complete person. So when you get in that realm where the Holy Spirit dominates. That lack begins to manifest. And you can't pretend you're complete anymore. So you start whining about the accommodations. You start whining about this. You start whining about. If God can send one of his ministers. To a remote area. And he has to sleep in a hut. With just a mosquito net. He's not making another one demand. A a five room suite. $10,000 a night. And bankrupt another ministry to provide that to him. You understand. See, when you're complete, you have no complaints. You know, accommodations are accommodations. You know, most of us don't don't. Uh, I don't change my sheets every day. I don't have a maid to come in and make up my room every day. I make up my own bed. You understand what I'm saying? More and more hotels are doing less of that nonsense stuff because they can't afford to do it. They can't afford all the demands of of a fragmented uh, people. You know, fragmented people don't ever want to pay for anything. They think the world owes them something, and so you'll never really be able to please a fragmented people. So we just offer what we offer. Take it or leave it. You understand? And so God has though, by the Holy Spirit, he completes us. He communicates completeness to us. So that when we get somewhere God puts us, there's nothing to be revealed when the Holy Spirit shows up. You got me? We're, we're complete already. There's nothing missing in us anywhere that, that gets exposed because we're in a situation that we get confused and could be exposed in. So so then he, according to Ephesians 1, I'm going to read this, and starting in verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and are in earth. Right. So the Holy Spirit has gathered us together with people in heaven and in earth. Even in him. So we're all one family in Christ. We're gathered together with people in heaven and earth. You know, I don't miss. I can kind of tell my relatives are in heaven even though I know they were saved. I don't miss them one little bit. I seldom think about Oh, you know, we will get to see them when we're in heaven and so forth. It never enters my mind. Why? There's a peace there about that. See, I know they're there with God. And he gives me that sense. The Holy Spirit gives you the sense of your family joined together. In whom we also have obtained inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him... Who works all things after the counsel of His own will? God don't ask you what you what what to do with, uh, you know. God, let let my mother live until I'm so and so and such and such. He does things after the counsel You don't know what kind of deal mom's working on the side, but God still does things after the counsel of His own will. That we should be to the praise of His glory. Who first trusted in Christ. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. And whom also after you believed and you were sealed. Once you heard the gospel and you put your trust in him. that, That salvation got sealed in you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And whatever else is promised to you. He will lead you to that. Just like he led us to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he's attempting to lead all believers into it. Don't tell people it's okay if they don't pray, and they can pray it in tongues is a choice or not. You don't make that choice. If they got led to your meeting and that's what God leads you to offer, then they got they're supposed to receive it. He'll give them the faith to receive it. You're not working against somebody's resistance. The faith is there to receive these things. And he says you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until redemption. Make note so that you you are the purchased possession of God. And you're sealed with an earnest deposit. huh? It's like people who, you know, if you buy a piece of property, real estate, you put down what they call earnest money. It ain't no lot of money. Sometimes it's a hundred dollars, couple hundred dollars. Why? Because the big thing is yet to come. Heaven is yet to come. See, we can be sealed with the Holy Spirit and barely perceive he's there. Huh? because he's your earnest you can always check in by faith you get that peace you, get that, you he'll give you reassurance that you're saved and you're saved until the day of redemption that seal comes off when the Lamb's book of life is opened up you're in there that's the same seal that that book is sealed with sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and all promises come through that seal folks it cannot be tempered with a broken seal meant it but it got tampered with. The devil can't break this seal. You can't break this seal. You're bad talking about people can't break this seal. They're bad talking about you can't break this seal. Huh? Your seal to the day of redemption. The devil can't come in and take you. You ain't that easy to take. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word and Know and understand our inheritance in you, Father. That we are new creatures. We know who we are. We know what you're doing in us. We know what you're doing for us. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us to know you, to be known of you, to be known by you. We thank you. Keep us where you need us to be, Lord, at all times. Oh, we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer come on up.